0: What's up, everybody? On a Come Up Podcast, back at it again with another great episode. Today, we are talking how I would redo the DC film universe, a recap of the NBA finals, the takeaways from E3, and the Uncharted film adaptation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, it's that time of the week again, folks. On a Come Up Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I'm your host, Jacob Knight, and this is your first time listening to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. And if you are a returning listener, I'm glad to have you back. Okay, we're going to hop straight into things. But first, I got to say that I told a lie last week on the podcast. I said I was going to see the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie, but I didn't see it. I had adult things to do. Adult things to do. I got to get some new tires. And, of course, you need tires for your car so you can take a car. To the movie to watch the movie, so tires is a real big important thing so i I gotta take care of that this weekend but hopping into the today's topics today we're gonna start off talking about d c of course d c they have great stories to offer the comics are great, the TV shows are good for the most part, and the animated movies are fantastic but when it comes to the d c film universe, I'm not gonna lie there. They're struggling for the most part. The last few movies have been good, like Wonder Woman, Shazam, and Aquaman, but it started, it started off on a rocky road because the DC movies, most well, some of the DC movies has terrible reviews. The feature movies have constant changing of actors, directors, and scripts. And to me, one of the biggest issues of the DC universe so far is this storytelling. I feel like they rushed the film universe because Marvel already got probably about a four or five year head start when dc started it so i guess they they felt like they had to rush everything to compete with marvel but you know sometimes when you're telling a story it's not about rushing it is how you tell it along sometimes you gotta take your time and let the story grow on its own so i just had some fun with this i remember last week i said i should do a segment on how i would redo the dc universe and here it is this is how i would redo the DC film universe. I'm gonna use the movies already out, so I don't have, so I'm, I don't have to. Uh, so I'm not gonna talk about uh, all the feature movies, just the ones that already came out until this to the to this day. Okay, first I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna start off with Man is Still the Superman movie, but instead of having General Zod as a villain, I want Lex Luthor as a villain instead, and of course like. You know, he fights with Lex Luthor and defeats him at the end of the movie. But over the course of the movie, it's going to hint that there's a bigger universe upon it. And first, we're going to introduce Batman. He's going to just reference Batman or Bruce Wayne or Gotham throughout the movie. And it would be cool if there was a Bruce Wayne cameo in the movie. It's like a little, just like one scene while he's at a business meeting with Lex Luthor. And Lex asks, hey, you want to grab dinner tonight on business? And Bruce is like, I can't. I work late nights. And maybe after that, a post-credit scene about, you know, since Superman working at, at, at a newspaper place, the Daily Bugle. Like he, he just reads a paper about, you know, Cape Crusader stops crime in Gotham once again. Or another post-credit scene where where uh Wes Luthor is entering Arkham Asylum after he's defeated by Superman. That'll be the first movie. The next movie I will introduce in the series. Is a solo Batman movie. That's why I felt like was one of the biggest missteps that they didn't they didn't do a solo Batman movie before the Batman versus Superman movie. Cause it was just all just a a jumbled mess in my opinion. Cause he had to tell Batman's backstory and he had this, okay, that's enough of that. And they had to build why why him and Superman are fighting. I felt like if Superman would have had his own movie and Batman would have had his own movie, that would have built the story up to why they're fighting and Batman versus superman but in the batman soul movie we're just gonna do it. we're gonna skip the origin stories because we already know what happens or briefly briefly tell it and we're gonna go ahead when he's ready a few years into being uh an established hero and in this movie i will have the riddler as a villain because i know in the on the previous episode i talked about how this how they want to focus on this telling of batman they want to focus on his uh detective and crime solving capabilities so that's why I picked the riddler as a villain and there's gonna be a plot twist in the movie because who doesn't like a good plot it's a plot twist to help build a world that he's working with a crane uh you know the scarecrow or the first half will focus on the riddler and he makes him solve a riddle you know like some cheesy riddle basically the answer is gonna be two heads are better than one or something like that and then scarecrow pop out you know hit him with his fear gas and that's going to be the twist that he was working with Scarecrow this whole time. And the final act of that movie is going to be like a Batman has to solve a riddle. And if he doesn't solve, if he, and if he doesn't solve the riddle, like toxic gas will cover all over Gotham and all that stuff. So I thought that would be cool. But during the film, before, you know, you, you, you see, you know, Jonathan Crane and Scarecrow, you're going to go into Arkham Asylum for probably a scene or two. You know, because Crane is a psychologist at uh, Arkham Asylum before he you know, becomes a scarecrow. And there, world. the key to this segment is called is a world building. There you meet his co-worker, uh, Miss Harley Quinzel, you know, aka, who soon has become Harley Quinn in the movie. So that means you introduce her. So, okay, that's her. She'll become Harley Quinn, the Suicide Squad, all that good stuff. And after, you know, after a post-credit scene in that movie, it'll be Batman watching the news about Superman, you know, saving, uh, you know, saving, You know, his city, Metropolis, ain't no destroying it because he had to fight uh, Lex Luthor. So he he destroyed some parts in the city and Batman's going to be like, man, someone need to stop these metahumans. They're destroying our world. And, you know, Alfred's like, well, who's going to be that? Master Wayne And Bruce said it's going to be me. Then he previewed his like little suit. He fights Batman with. And the next movie in the series should be a Wonder Woman movie with this movie. I want to change nothing about the movie. Wonder is probably my favorite DC film DC universe film movie. I feel like that movie was really good because uh Diana and Steve, you know, Wonder Woman and her love ventures, that was like the best superhero love ventures combination I feel like in the movie. They kind of have that Captain America, Peggy Carter type relationship. Like each each one of them brings something to the table. It's not just the hero and then the damsel or the man in distress who's just there just to be saved but her movie is still going to be the same but at the end i'll add a post-credit scene of her on a plane uh while she flies the plane lands and someone asks, you "No, know, what brings you to the city and she said oh i'm just here for business and then the flight attendant comes out say now landing in gotham city and boom those three movies will set up batman versus superman so i built up superman i built up batman i built up wonder woman because as you know, if you've seen Batman vs. Superman, all three of those heroes are in the movie, so that gives them some reason to be in the same area at the same time. But Batman vs. Superman, with this movie, it will have a better, you know, the story will be built better better because you have a separate movie for each of the heroes participating in the movie. But in this one, I'll probably keep things the same. I'll I'll keep Doomsday as the main villain. You know, I'll, if you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, I'll keep him killing Superman in the movie. And at the end, Batman, you know, he wants to form a team of Justice to stop crying like this all over the world. And after that movie, the next in the series should be Aquaman. I'll basically keep stuff the same, but I'll add a post credit scene in Aquaman with Bruce. is trying to recruit Aquaman to join the team, but he rejects the offer like he did in Justice League. Because in Justice League, you just saw him, you know, Bruce trying to recruit Aquaman. And then, if if you're just the average movie goer, you're gonna be like, "Who is this? I never seen him. Like, what's what's the story behind this guy?" So I will put his movie before Justice League, so you know, kind of have an idea of who he is and what he does. And then after that, I will, well, then will finally be the Justice League movie. So we introduced, you know, four heroes before the Justice League. We introduced Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. All f- you know, we introduced. Most of the heroes in the squad before the big movie, but I'll keep this movie the the same. I'll keep Stephen Wolf as the villain, and you know, he works for Dark Side. And I'll introduce the Flash and Cyborg in this movie because I cause I just recently watched Justice League and Cyborg. You know the plot in the movie has something to do with him, so that that'll be good to introduce him. And you can just introduce Flash. As well in the movie. But we'll keep the whole, you know, Superman died. They revived him to help fight Stephen Wolf and the, the, I think, the Parademons. That was his little crew in the movie. But in the post credit scene, I'll keep the same post credit scene like it was in the movie. Because in the, in, the, in the just Justice League movie, the post credit scene was Lex Luthor escaped from Arkham and then he recruits Deathstroke, the former League of Their Own that had been specified was that in Justice League or the Legion of Doom. Then the next movie, after uh the justice league i'll have suicide squad not no my, my, one of my gripes about this suicide squad movie was there was too too many members in the movie i think i counted like nine or ten but that's just too much for me i will keep the suicide squad of five or six members i'll keep Deadshot, harley quinn will once again it was introduced in the solo batman movie in this telling so we already know her some, some familiarity with her the killer croc captain boomerang katana and maybe uh some someone else, you know, they could just depends on who they want to be in a movie. But I, I'll keep that movie the same. No, I'll probably add another, have another villain instead of the one they had in the movie because that was that, that villain was terrible, and it'll be, it'll create a better story. And after the Suicide Suicide Squad movie, I will have Shazam. I haven't seen Shazam yet, so I heard it was really good. So I'm, I assume I'm going to keep it the same. But with this. With this redoing of the DC universe, that's I feel like it will make more sense. You know, we'll have individual s- stories told, s- stories told, and you built this world throughout these, I think six or seven movies. I just ex- explain, and for the next few movies, you introduce more villains in the sequel, such as Wonder Woman sequel, which is gonna be is gonna come out June twenty twenty. I think the cheetahs, her villain, they'll have a flash solo movie. You probably have. Rever- introduce Reverse Flash, and you have a Cyborg movie, the Aquaman 2, or any other, any other sequels they're planning on doing. And then that all, that all leads up to the next Justice League movie, which hopefully will be the Justice League, you know, versus the Injustice League or Legion of Doom, however they want to do that. But enough with the with the, with the comic book talk. Let's talk about the NBA Finals when we come back. Okay, let's talk some basketball. In the NBA Finals, the Toronto Raptors had taken a 3-2 lead over the Golden State Warriors. And on Friday, they won in convincing fashion to take a 3-1 lead on the Warriors. And statistics show that teams are 32-1-1 when taking a 3-1 lead in a series. And the only one in the series was the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers where they came back from a 3-1 deficit over the 73-1 Golden State Warriors. And the Raptors won game three and four at Golden State in Oracle, one of the toughest places to play in the NBA, and Game Five, the possible game, kitchen, game game clinching game for the Raptors, was Monday, and that's known as the KD torn Achilles game because everybody knew. Well, we all assumed when he got hurt in the the Houston series that it, it was a it was a torn Achilles, and I think they recomm- and they uh, confirmed today that yes he yes it is a torn Achilles he suffered. Uh, in game five on monday and yes i know we all make fun of katie you know for his hairline him being skinny super skinny you know calling him a snake for joining the warriors but we all acknowledge that at the end of the day he's a very good player one the all-time grades but when it comes to injuries and achilles injury is probably one of the worst things one of the worst injuries you could suffer in basketball because the achilles I'm not a doctor or nothing. I just looked it up. The thing that said, the Achilles is what connect the Achilles tendon is what connects the calf muscle to your heel. You know, with basketball, you're pivoting, you're running up and down the floor, you're jumping, and when you land, all that body weight's landing on your 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 ankles and your heels and and stuff. It's probably one of the worst Achilles injuries since Kobe Bryant. I know Demarcus Cousins tore his Achilles sometime last year, but the last like all time great, and I consider KD all time great player. Was to tear his Achilles was Kobe Bryant. I want to say 2014 or 15, and and when Kobe came back from his Achilles, he never was the same. In my opinion, I thought he should have retired after he tore his Achilles. But you know, with all time great players or any player, professional athlete, you want you want to retire on your own terms. You don't want to retire because you get hurt. But uh, and I did my research, and the Achilles. I looked up in Achilles injury. It said it takes a uh, six to eight months for recovery, or t- or maybe a year at the most. But everybody, every everybody's or everyone's body is different, so it may take he K- take KD seven months to come back, or you know my, he might take the whole a year to come back. But I think this injury in particular is gonna affect the upcoming NBA free agency because KD is the biggest free agent on the market. This year, and to me, he's the first domino to fall to determine how free agency is gonna is going to to turn out. Uh, Because you know, I feel like it's like okay, KD is going to the Knicks or he's going to the Nets, and wherever he goes, it's gonna it's gonna shift everyone else is thinking like okay, if he stays in Golden State, okay, okay, KD stays in Golden State, okay, I'm gonna go here, or if he goes to New York, uh, New York, okay, I might go here. Basically, this took a big blow on what seemed to be a very, very, very entertaining free agency period. But, you know, uh, of course, KD was linked to going to the the Nets, the the Nets, the Knicks, and the Clippers. Or he could still stay in Golden State and choose his player option, the $31.5 million. But to me, KD could probably still get a max contract if he leaves Golden State. Because, you know, I I I I'll still get give KD the max contract, even though he has a torn Achilles. just, you know, he'll, you know, he just had to sit out that one year. But uh, like I said, he did tear his Achilles Monday at the beginning of the second quarter. I think he was backing down the Baca. Then he just fell to the ground. And I'm not saying all the fans were cheering, but I would say a, a few fans was cheering, just enough to be heard on a microphone. I remember I, I, we all saw clear as day. This one guy, he was sitting on the baseline, and when KD was clutching at his, uh, like his ankle or you know his heel, you could see the guy just waving him goodbye and stuff. Like I said, the whole crowd was cheering. Just a, you know, just a few, you know, one, you know, a few apples spoiled a bunch. But it looked like the whole crowd was cheering. Maybe just probably a few fans, and and it was good that Toronto players. I think it was Lowry and. Uh, Lowry and Danny Green, you know, there was no motioning to like the group over there with Katie was, like, hey, don't clap, you know we don't do that here, you know, because Toronto is, well, it's stereotypically Canadians are some of the nicest people in the world, so I guess it, they were like, hey man, you know we don't cheer for no one getting hurt around here. I understand if KD got if he fouled out or he got ejected, I'm all good, I'm all for a good troll. If those things happen, you know, yes, okay, clap, cheer, be happy, but you know it's the NBA Finals and you want to see. The best versus the best, you know, when the stage is when the stage is at its biggest. But to me, when, uh, you know, Golden State seeing some of the fans cheering when KD got injured, I think that's, that's going to awaken the monster in Golden State. I feel like they're going to be motivated to extend the series to close the game out at home and to be like, okay, some of y'all cheered when our guy got hurt. So keep that same energy when we raise that trophy. Game seven when we beat y'all. But game five, you uh, is a series changer. Toronto did have a seven-point lead, I guess I think under two or three minutes left, and Nick Nurse called a timeout at a crucial point. I think it was on a 10-0 run. Kawhi scored all 10 of the points, and after the timeout to close the game out, the Warriors did end on a 9-2 run with all nine points coming from Klay Thompson or Steph Curry on three. So game six is going to be interesting. Uh, Game six is Thursday, so tomorrow when the podcast drop, that's when the game comes out. And I think it's going to be raucous because it's the last game at the Oracle Arena, yes, for this series, but forever because they're moving to San Francisco in a new arena. So I think, uh, to be honest, it's tough. Uh, I did, I was going to say, I would say I have Golden State winning tomorrow because I did pick Golden State. So winning six games, but that's impossible. So they got to win seven games to win this series. So I'm just going to stick. So I'm just going to stick with the horse I came in on and ride ride with the Warriors to win this game and to win the series. Switching lanes, we're going to talk about my takeaways from this year's E3 when we come back. Okay, this last weekend was Christmas to us video game people with E3. E3, the biggest video game conference of the year. This is where they preview all the, the latest games, systems, and other accessories coming out in the near future. And today, I want to say, was the last day. The first few days of E3 was the conferences where they preview all the new stuff. And the last two or three days is, is just uh the demo floors where they go to play the new games. And one of... The games everybody was talking about at E3, the new Star Wars game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It was one of the darlings, as you would say, of E3. Everybody kept talking about it. They had mul- multiple gameplay videos. And this game, Star Wars Jedi the Fallen Order, was developed by Respawn Entertainment. Respawn Entertainment is people who made the Titanfall series, Apex Legends, and formerly part of the Infinity Ward team, the team behind the Modern Warfare games. And this is the first non-shooter game from respawn and to be honest the game looks it looks it looks great to me i can't lie i never played one of these star wars games but this one is you know it's like action adventure game it's all you know hacking slash stuff i like that kind of stuff like devil may cry kingdom hearts god award i do like that stuff where you just get a sword or weapon and go just kill a lot of enemies and stuff but my only gripe about this was i don't know to me just the action looked a little it didn't flow as good as good as i like it the flow but it's just you know no. it's they're just showing us the demo so they could probably work on the kinks over the next few months this game is set to release november 15th and this is on my usually when i watch e3 i'm like okay i'm gonna get that game i'm gonna get that game i'm gonna get that game this game um defense about I may need to see a few more gameplay videos over time before it come to to see if, if the fight uh if the fighting is a lot more smooth or the combat is a lot more smoother that I'll make my final verdict on getting this game when I get into the the heavy hitters in the video game world Microsoft hosted their conference Sunday. to me this 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 was a really real important conference for Microsoft because they needed to take advantage of Sony's absence at E3. And one of the first games they introduced was the new Cyberpunk 2077 game. Again, it's been anticipated for the past couple of years. And we finally get to see more from this game. And we just saw a cinematic scene. To be honest, it looks, the cutscenes look fantastic. I'm a sucker for a good cutscene in video games. And we finally got a release date for this game. It's coming out April 16th. 2020 on both the Xbox 1 and the PlayStation. And another another game they introduced was a Dragon Ball Z role-playing game. Uh, I think when they saw the trailer it was called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, you know, of course Kakarot. I always said it's Goku's government name. But yeah, this game is a is a role-playing game cuz usually all Dragon Ball Z games like, you know, uh Dragon Ball Z Tenkaichi, Dragon Ball Z the Budokai series, all that was fighting games, but they took a different lane with this one. And judging by the trailer, it was like going to play different sagas in the game. Kind of in the trailer, they had the Frieza saga when he first turned Super Saiyan. And this game was set to come out next year, uh, just in 2020. They haven't had a a full release date. And another game, it another game I saw to look pretty cool. What to me was interesting was a, a game called Twelve Minutes. It was described. It's, it's an independent game by independent developer. It was described as an interactive th- thriller, and basically the premise of this game was a man who like he was stuck in a time loop. And it, it's, it's unique because it's an overhead. It's an overhead shot of the game. You know, you know, first person. You know, you see from the person's vision. Third person is like over the shoulder, but this one is like over. i see like the top of everything. Kind of like those old school Grand Theft Auto games. But basically, this man. This game, the premise is, this man is stuck in a time loop, and the, and the players must figure out how to break this time loop. And, yeah, to figure out how to break this time loop. But that game's only coming out on Xbox One, which I don't have. But I'm just going to still talk about it. <laughs> and one of the other heavy hitters that, that Microsoft uh, unveiled was the new Gears 5 game, which is against Xbox Exclusive, coming out September 10th. And and they said if you pre you get you get the game early four days early if you buy the Microsoft Game Pass or whatever. But they introduced a new game mode called Escape. I'm not, like I said, I'm not the biggest Gears of War person. I barely played the games. I'm just trying to give you the trying to do my best to relay this information. Because as I assumed, they had a uh, a mode called Horde where you defend something and a whole bunch of. uh I don't know the names of the enemies you find in the games, but basically all of them tried to attack you. But if this game is reverse, instead of being defensive, you're being offensive. Uh with escape, it's a three-player co-op game and you're trying to escape some some area. And it's not one of the things you have you can just take your time escaping because they have this, they set up this deadly virus that chases you. So that makes it you, you gotta try to get out there as quick and efficient as possible. And another uh, a few more things uh Microsoft introduced was a new Elite Wireless controller. And what I found cool about this, you could change the settings on a controller for up to three games. So if you want to have a certain button layout for one game, you can click it to that setting. And if you want to switch games play another game, you could you can click it to that setting. And it, and they introduced other games like Borderlands 3 coming out September 13th of this year. They talked about Project X Cloud. XCloud. Uh I don't know if that's the I think that's the I think that's the name they're gonna stick with. And that comes out in October. And they previewed or teased the next gen Xbox. And they said in the video that it's gonna be faster loading times than the that's the base, that's what they want to do. They want to cut down screen loading times, and it's supposed to be four times more powerful than the Xbox One X. And there's no official name for it, it's called Project Scarlet, and that's set to introduce, it's set to be released next uh in the end of next year in 2020. And the launch title for that game is going to be the new Halo game, Halo, Inf- Halo Infinite. And they showed a little teaser trailer of Halo. It just showed this guy on his abandoned ship, and you really don't know what is it at first. And he goes to wipe, I guess, the fall off the glass, and he and then he just sees Master Chief floating. That's when everybody got excited. And the game looks great. I haven't played a, I haven't played a Halo game, I want to say, since Halo 4. And that came out, I think, 20, I think 2012. So when Halo 5 comes out, it'll be eight years since I played a halo game but that game like i said that game is gonna be the official launch game of the new xbox the new xbox console and that's also coming out holiday 2020 with all that good stuff i uh went over i had a few critiques i had about this conference to me uh there was no gameplay and nothing they just showed us trailers and and they just show trailers, and you could you could always gave us Gears of War Five, and that is one of your pillars in the Xbox franchise. At least give us Gears of War Five, and that game's coming out in uh three months. I understand that gameplay videos probably run ten to fifteen minutes, and we you know with that ten to 10, ten to fifteen minutes, you have more time to introduce more content, more content. You know, tell us about other games, and you know, games and accessories you have coming out for the for uh xbox but to me microsoft conference was underwhelming for the most part they started off the show usually when you start off a conference you want to start off with a bang you want to introduce a highly anticipated game that's about to come out but they they started off with these two games called uh one was called the outer outer worlds it kind of looked kind of fallouty to me and the other one was called bleeding edge and that kind of that kind of was like a bootleg Overwatch, in my opinion. But those games didn't really catch my interest. I I felt like Microsoft didn't take advantage of Sony missing the conference. You know, you're supposed to go all out. You know, your biggest competitor isn't there. So you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to just throw everything you got at them. And I just felt like Microsoft was just throwing things to the wall and seeing what sticks. It's like, okay, we're going to throw... The outer world. We're gonna throw Bleeding Edge. Oh nope, that didn't stick. Okay, we're gonna throw Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, okay, that stuck. We're gonna throw the Xbox PC Game Pass. It, okay, it's stuck, but it's sliding down. Okay, let's throw. we throw Gears of War 5. Okay, that stuck. Yeah, just throwing things. Just throwing things blindly into the wall just to grab our attention. That's what I felt like the Microsoft the Microsoft conference was was doing to me. And then Monday. Was a Square Enix conference? W- w- yeah, was a squ- or Square Enix- Square Enix's presentation. I did double duty Monday night. I was watching the conference on my phone and watching the game on TV. But to me, the-, the presentation was my opinion. Probably one of the best conferences at E3. The presentation was beautiful. Like they had this. Basically, the presentation was a wall, like in an art gallery, full of just blank frames. And they zoom in on one frame, is one game, and after that, they zoom back out, transition to another frame, and that's another game. And But this, this, all this was was a two game presentation to me. Uh, first one was they started off uh, with a bang, like you're supposed to. They started off with a Final Fantasy VII remake, and we finally got to see some gameplay. And of course, it plays a whole lot different from the original. I want to say the, the original one came out, don't, don't quote me on this one, say 90. 97, I want to say. So, we're probably looking at 20, 22, 23 years. So, of course, you know, the gameplay is going to change. And what I liked about it is, plays sort of like a hack and slash, but it has strategic elements to it. And you can switch between players, you can switch between characters while you're fighting. And we got an extended trailer that featured uh, Sephiroth, you know, one of the most well-known villains in video games. And I want to say this is going to be they said it's gonna be a two disc game because the original one was I want to say a four disc game. You know nowadays all the games are on one disc. But well, you know back in the day with, with these games you play one disc and then you're done with that disc and you gotta pop it out, pop the second one in. Ain't you no know, continuing how many depending on how many games are I mean how many discs are in the game. But we finally got gameplay the new Final Fantasy. Seven remake and they introduced that a final fantasy 8 probably my favorite final fantasy game is getting a remastered edition coming out and the uh, coming out and we finally got a release date for the final fantasy 7 remake which is march 3rd 2020 the other big game we, we couldn't wait for was the avengers video game and they finally showed that well we got a trailer of that and it said it's an original story uh it, to me it's gonna take a little bit getting used to because you know none of the none of the people in the game by Iron Man, none of them look like the actors that played them in the movie. So that's going to be, that's going to get, a, a, that's, I'm going to have to get used to that. Like, man, like, you know, you was expecting to see Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. You're like, oh, that that doesn't look nothing like Robert Downey Jr. But, you know, if, if you like, you know if you follow like voice acting in video games you do have the guy that's playing nathan drake i can't remember the actor's name but it basically the guy that voices him is voicing iron man and they do got other some other popular video game voice actors voicing the heroes in that game but the main plot of this story is uh, from the trailer i can get was basically a, ca- a catastrophic event happened and the public blamed the avengers so i assume they disbanded after that accident and it looks like they, the death of Captain America because he had a statue, a memorial statue in the trailer of some sort. But they reassembled five years later to fight a greater threat. In this movie, in, in, not this movie, this game, you see Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, and the Hulk. And yes, I, and my same question was, where's Hawkeye at? But the developers did say that uh, this game will be, you can play, you know, single player by yourself. We can play with a, a four player online co-op and when they said and they said, when they add more characters and missions to the game, it'll all be at no cost. Because usually when they add characters or missions, you gotta have to buy this special, you know, bundle or something. And it did say that the PS4 will get an early beta access and unique features when a game come out. And the game is set to come out May 15th, 2020. And speaking of games, we're going to talk about a popular video game series that's being adapted to a movie. Speaking of Sony, one of PlayStation's biggest game franchises is being adapted into a movie, and that movie is the Uncharted movie. Uncharted is a popular PlayStation game series. They had four main games and one spin-off game for the PlayStation console. And those of you who don't know this, the game basically follows the adventures of treasure hunter, Nathan Drake. And the game series is known for its amazing storytelling and action sequences that rivals big budget summer blockbusters and the sequel uncharted two among thieves. It's in my top five of best video, video games I ever played in my life. And to be honest, uncharted is probably probably one of the most underrated video game series of all time. Cause you probably think of the modern warfare series, the halo series, Elder Scrolls, and it kind of suffers because Uncharted was only on the PlayStation. That was one of their pillars. That series was like the pillar of the PlayStation 3, and some people's reason, the only reason why they got the PlayStation 3 was to play the Uncharted video game series. But it's been a movie adaptation in the works for years, uh, but it's been in development hell, as they call it, and originally Mark Wahlberg was the star in the role, but late last year the I guess the fil- the filmmakers want to go to a different direction, and they wanted to get a younger, they wanted to focus on a younger Nathan Drake, so they cast Tom Holland, the guy to play Spider Man, as a younger Nathan Drake in the origin story. Personally, I love the casting because they're not going with the Drake in the video games, who's, who's already an established Treasure Hunter. They're taking, they're making it original, going with a younger. Nathan Drake, since they want a younger Nathan Drake, they need a younger actor to play the character. And from what I read in articles, it's going to be an original original story that's not connected to the game series. But I, I also read it going to probably, the plot point may be similar to the first game, uh, Uncharted Drake's Fortune. In that game, he's, he's in search of the lost city of gold, El Dorado. But to me, it's good to see an origin story because you got a brief origin story about Drake, in the third, in the fourth game, fourth game, but he doesn't have like an official backstory, and this is their chance to give him one. Hopefully, they'll have some of the people that worked on the game to work on the movie as well to have that collaboration. But because when you play the game, it feels like you're playing an action movie, and I'm really excited about this movie because one, I like Tom Holland. You know, Tom Holland plays Spider Man, and Spider Man's my favorite superhero of all time, and Tom Holland does i think he does majority of his own stunts and and when he played uncharted some of the that's probably some of the craziest stunts you'll see in the video game i think in the first game he's like in a abandoned submarine fighting and in the second game he's hanging like the game starts in the second game he wakes up with a tr- on a train hanging off the cliff in a third game uh there was a big shootout on a airplane and somehow the airplane crashed he fell out the airplane so he had to grab onto something so he won't hit the ground and die in the fourth game there's this amazing mud chase car sequence but, I, but as you can tell I, I like Uncharted and I recommend playing the video game to anybody that has a PS4, a Playstation but in it, uh, yeah but Tom Holland does his own stunts and I think it would be pretty cool to see him you know hanging off a cliff in an Uncharted movie because it's not an Uncharted game I want to see Nathan Drake hanging on hanging on hanging off a cliff but there's no uh updated news on when filming starts but it did get a release date last week uh it's gonna come out December of 2020 and I'm just praying video game movies don't have the best track record I'm just praying please if you're listening just make the Uncharted movie good Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of On Come Up podcast. I greatly appreciate y'all for tuning in, taking time on y'all busy day to give this podcast a listen. Y'all just have a great week and I'll see y'all next week. Same time, same place.